Welcome to the Premium Sermon Podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's PC Thursday, which means buckle up. You're about to hear a message from our church's leader, Pastor Joe Campbell from Chandler, Arizona. Pastor Campbell's ministry has convicted and inspired thousands of disciples during the 40-year span of his preaching ministry. And his preaching never disappoints. Thanks for supporting World Evangelism with your premium subscription and enjoy today's sermon. If you're saved this morning, shout amen. amen. Praise God. I encourage you uh, to come to this uh, movie tonight. Um, it's not just about marriage. It's about decisions in life. If you understand anything about the human personality, when you make decisions to live with yourself, you have to justify those decisions. That means um, that once you make a decision, if it's wrong, you have to justify it. You'll rewrite your history. You'll change your theology. You'll do all kinds of things. If it's right, uh, you'll continue to support it. But it's not just about marriage, although... That's the theme. It's a great, uh, a great movie uh, uh, from what everybody's telling me. Hebrews chapter 9 this morning. A lot of children and sometimes even adults fear the dark. They fear a dark room at night. I remember our kids when they were small and they'd want a night light or want me to leave a light on. And uh, there's some reasoning behind that. It's because nothing is clear in the dark. You can't see their shadows, nothing is distinct. And lurking there somewhere in the dark could be something that's going to hurt me. This creates fear. Remember our kids used to, and they'd cover up their head, you know. And then they were secure. But I want to minister on deliverance this morning because there's a lot of people that have a dark room of the soul. They live under torment or frustration or fear. And the reason for this, there's things from their past that is living in the dark room and it's bringing bondage to the present. To be free this morning, you have to enter that room with the blood of Jesus, the light of the truth, and He'll bring a cleansing and a deliverance. Two very powerful verses of Scriptures. Over the years, uh, these verses of Scripture, I'm amazed. I've quoted these and seen people manifest unbelievably. I've preached and quoted these and seen people who were bound for decades set free. I've seen people tormented their whole life change. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 13, For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the puring of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, offered Himself without spot to God, listen to these words, cleanse your conscience, from dead works are works of death that you may serve the living God. I want to preach on the dark room this morning. Father, by the blood of Jesus we come today. God, I exalt and lift up your name and your truth. I pray you'd bring deliverance. I pray you'd set captives free. 
You'd bind up broken hearts. You'd open prison doors in this place to those who are bound. God, we thank you for the promise of your blood. Cleanse today, I pray, in Jesus' name. I'd like to examine first with you the dark room of the soul. Most houses have a dark room. Some places it may be an attic, it may be a closet, uh, perhaps a cellar, a basement, a cupboard, a storeroom. I remember years ago, uh, this couple, their child, began to have all kinds of nightmares. Um, Their child began to uh, be tormented in the night. They called me to their house. I went to their house, um, and uh, I'm searching for something um, Uh, Something, uh, I'm asking God, help me, what's causing this? The boy had not had previous problems, um, and I got, just like God said, go in the basement. I go down in the basement, here's a box of books. Felt the Spirit of God was leading me, I go over, I reach down to get a book, there was a nail gash, my head opened, the blood began to flow, and I picked up this book, and it was a book on the occult um, that they'd gotten in an airport recently, brought it home. I'll never forget, we went outside and we burned this book and I was amazed at how the flames shot into the air. It was unnatural. The boy was set free. The house was cleansed. But most people have a dark room somewhere. Sometimes it can be a junk room, a place where things that are cast off or discarded, things that have been broken have been put there. But normally it's filled with things out of the past. My mother, when she passed away, she'd been living 10 years by herself in a home that's been in my family. We've been paying taxes well over 120 years. I'll never forget when mom passed away, we went through a lot of things and she kept things. And I went up into the attic. Here was this old unfinished attic. And there was a trunk there. I opened that old trunk up um, and I looked inside and here was a photograph of my sister Shirley and her first husband. His name was Don. I actually tried to find the photograph, couldn't find it. I wanted to show it to you. But as I looked at that photograph, um, to give you a history of my sister Shirley, um, uh, she got married quite young. This was probably taken when she's around 19 or 20 Here's her and this young man. On their face you can see expectations of the future. Uh, You can see joy. Uh, You can see happiness. Um, uh, You can see uh, uh, that that they have a vision for their life. Um, But the rest of the story. My sister and this man divorced. She married another man who was involved in the mafia. And when my sister was about 26 years old... um, She disappeared. We suspect she was murdered. My parents hired an investigator. And to this day, we've never found my sister. And so no doubt what my mother did is this photograph was too painful for the public. It wasn't something she wanted to look at every day. It was too painful. It was out of the past uh, where once there was hope and aspiration and joy and expectation that had all been shattered. So she put it away in this dark place. My father, before he passed, he got quite ill. And um, I was in Malaysia at the time and he got very, very ill. This was in the late 80s and 
there was some things. My father couldn't make it to the, to the bathroom, and so there was a chair beside the bed, and, and that was there, and, and it was no longer, but it represented a time of agony and suffering. All of us have these dark rooms, no doubt, if we've lived very long. They're seldom visited. It's not a place where you fellowship. It's not a place where you want to show a guest or a visitor. There's no joy in these rooms. There's no thrill. There's no vision for the future. There's no excitement. In fact, even to open the door to this room can be incredibly discouraging. This room is seldom ever mentioned. Over a process of time, these rooms can either, they even kind of take on their own scent or odor. It's unpleasant. It's stale. It's stagnant. It reflects decay. Because there's an absence of life. Things that represent pain, as I said, or failures, or sorrow, are put in these rooms. It's a place where we hide things we don't want to see. Too painful to look at. But this is also true of the human soul. Science tells us uh, that we have these storerooms of the mind and conscience. A place where your experiences and your relationships uh, are episodes out of your past are stored. You may not be able to recall every detail, but it's still there. It's stored away. It's filed. Both the wonderful and the terrible, the joyable as well as the miserable. In our text, it speaks about a room in your conscience. And it's filled with memories that are working death. In other words, they're out of the past, but they're affecting your present. Things you have buried alive that become very explosive and very destructive. Sometimes it's painful memories of abuse and violations. I've counseled thousands of people and prayed for who knows how many. Things you've done. Things you've been involved in. Things you've seen that you should have never been exposed to. I've seen people spend their whole life trying to bury and hide these things in their dark room. Trying to hide from them to pretend they never happened. But they cannot be stored. They have to be cleansed. In our text, it's about cleansing. Verse 13, sprinkling the unclean. Verse 14, cleansing your conscience from dead works, from the work of death. Because if it is not cleansed, it will always corrupt them, and eventually it will explode into the present relationships and experiences of your life. Verse 2 Timothy 3.8, men of corrupt minds, Disapprove concerning the faith, resisting the truth. 2 Corinthians 11.3 But I fear, at least somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craft, your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. There's two things about this dark room. By nature, one, it resists the truth. It hates the light. The nature of the dark room, it defies being exposed. 
It'll lie, fight you, become angry with you if you try to expose the darkroom. Had a man a number of years ago, him and his wife. I knew them for many years. They eventually went into the ministry. And I can remember counseling this woman and some terrible things that happened in her past. I counseled her for a number of years, and she would always tell me this story, but then she would always say, but it was my sister this happened to. And I would say, you sure it wasn't you? And I could tell she'd become very angry if I even attempted to suggest this may have been her. It was a violation. It was an abuse of her mother's boyfriend. And she went on and on. And for years, it was my sister. The second thing is the dark room creates a climate for the demonic. It harbors the unclean. Titus 1.15, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their minds and their conscience is defiled. 2 Timothy 4.1, the last days. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits, doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared or corrupted or burned. I want to talk this morning about exposing the dark room. Talking about memories of the mind. I'm not talking about some psychological on and on, but I'm talking about deep emotional pain. A violation, as I said, something happened to you. A homosexual act or encounter. I can't tell you how many I pray with right here. A betrayal. As I kind of referred to a sexual abuse. You were young. You were innocent. You were violated by someone perhaps even that should have been trustworthy. This produces hate and resentment. Fear and embarrassment. In other words, if you're not cleansed... The walls of your dark room will be painted with these horrible pictures out of your past. And you will spend much of your life trying to make it go away. Trying to hide it. Pretend it's not there. Bury it. You'll be driven many times by guilt and shame. I've seen people, the the depression... Because the dark room has the ability to make you self-destruct. Listen to me. Especially in marriages and relationships. I would say a huge portion of marriage problems. The root is right here. Something you were involved in out of your past. It's buried but not dead. And it keeps exploding in the present. Sometimes it's in the flesh. If you've been to any healing crusades, bitterness seems to compute out in back pain and arthritis. Anger and hatred and people have ulcers and stomach pain. Sexual abuse with women especially. They'll have cysts and tumors in their reproductive organs. Remember, this is the place where we hide things we do not want seen. But it puts a great strain on the human heart. You go to bed at night, and you wake up in the morning, you're as tired as when you laid your head down. There's no real peace in life. 
because there's no light in this room. There's no rest. Isaiah 20, to the law and to the testimony. If they did not speak according to this word, it was because there was no light in them. Verse 22, they will look to the earth and see trouble and darkness and gloom of anguish, and they will be driven in darkness. In other words, internally unseen, the battle rages until eventually it explodes on the surface. All night you toss, you turn. I'm, I'm amazed at the millions, some even say billions of dollars spent in America on medication just trying to sleep. They lay their head down, close their eyes, but the dark room will not shut down. Their conscience will not rest. And when it explodes, sometimes it's in the realm of emotions, deep depression, rage and violence. I read things and see things and there's no logical explanation, uncontrollable lust I've counseled and prayed with people, a wonderful marriage, a beautiful, handsome companion, and, and yet just driven and infected by lust, uh, inferiority. I can never be good enough. Unreasonable conclusions. You're speaking or counseling these people and they come to these unreasonable, unlogical conclusions in life and relationship. Jealousy that's beyond explanation. How many times have I prayed for that? Feelings of rejection, fear and loneliness. This one woman, and it's tragic. Her husband would come home, buy her a new dress, maybe for her birthday, maybe for no reason at all. She'd take scissors and cut it up, throw it in the floor. A good man, godly man, a man I knew for many, many, many years, never one hint of infidelity, never one accusation, but in her mind. She eventually took off her wedding ring and threw it out in a field. The dark room begins to drive you. In our text, it says, works of death. What I mean, if you don't cleanse this room, somewhere, if not now, in your future... It will create behavior patterns. What I, it will begin to influence how you relate to people and react to life. It will begin to have this unbelievable dominating influence on how you view people and relate, especially those close to you. Marriage, children, people you're close to in the church. It will also begin to control and dominate how you react to life. A crisis. A disappointment. A setback. A difficulty. Financial crisis. A problem. Some this dark room will drive. You will run away. 
You won't deal with anything. Some people run away mentally and emotionally, but not geographically. You throw everything on your wife. I've seen others become unnaturally stubborn. They build the shell. They're always defensive. Others, they run to self-pity. Some run to alcohol and drugs. Anyone confronts or corrects becomes your enemy. But listen to me. These behavior patterns become addictive. Listen to me. Now I'm not just talking about the dark room. I'm talking about what it produces becomes intoxicating and a way of life. Now you're not just reacting, you're addicted to how you react. You almost look for an opportunity to react so you can get your emotional fix. This behavior begins to be captivating. It imprisons you. And the issue is, you're trying to hide what God wants to cleanse. And you'll spend your life frustrated, weary, no spiritual strength, no dominion, trying to keep the door closed on a room in your soul. God says, I want to cleanse. And the deception of hell, time will heal my dark room. Hiding does not heal. In our text, I want to close with cleansing the dark room. There was a young woman in revival. wasn't here, but it was just the last week or so triggered my mind. She came out on a Sunday morning service. She prayed, asked the Lord to forgive her. She wouldn't look at you. She couldn't sleep. Our testimony, she said, my chest was like it was in a vice. My mind and my head, it was like it was in a vice. There was this heaviness that I carried. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't sleep. She says, I just, it was like my lungs and my, my heart and my mind was always in this vice. Now, she prayed a prayer and got saved. Later in the week, she went to an altar and she broke and she began to open this dark room with words of confession. God, God. She's weeping. Weeping for several days actually. But now it's not a weeping of heaviness. It's a weepingness of happiness and joy. And she began to scream. She says, it's gone. It's gone. I must call my father. He knows what's happened to me. And it's gone. I must call my dad. I must call my dad. It is gone. And she'll look you in the eye. And even with the tears, there's this understanding. That which was choking her. And that which was strangling her. Was broken because the blood of Jesus cleanses and delivers. How much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse your conscience from works of death, that which brings death to you?
that which will bring death to your mind, death to your soul, death to your marriage, death to any peace or vision or joy, death to any faith or hope. The blood of Jesus, how much more shall cleanse you from that working of death that you may serve the living God. You must enter the dark room with the blood of Jesus and the light of the truth of His Word. Listen to me for a few moments and we're going to pray. The difficulty for many, it's a place you never want to enter. You avoid at all costs because it's too painful. There's maybe too much shame involved. It's too embarrassing. Hebrews 10, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure heart. This sprinkled has to do with the blood. In the Old Testament, they would go in uh, and they would sprinkle the altar for the people. The priest, the sprinkling would even be upon him. And it had to do for an evilness of conscience. Ephesians 5.26, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Hebrews 9.14, how much more, as I said, shall the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience from dead works? And not it doesn't just stop there, that you may serve the living God. We're talking about that room in your soul, that adamantly opposes the liberty to serve God. Light exposes and the blood cleanses. Hebrews 5.11 Having no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Verse 13 But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. To be delivered this morning. That's what I'm after. To be delivered. Jesus said, Luke 4.18, I came to bind up the brokenhearted. To set at liberty those that are bruised. To open prison doors to those who are bound. To let the oppressed go free, one translation. But if you're going to be free today, this requires a prayer of deep honesty. It requires um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Not hiding but exposing. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13. He who covers his sins will not prosper. Listen to me. Listen to me. The blood of Jesus follows the path of the light. And the light is illuminated by truth, which is the Word of God. In other words, uh, the blood can only invade where the truth has exposed. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse your conscience? That's how you got saved is you went to an altar and you told the truth about you to God. God, I'm sorry. I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I'm lost. 
bound in my sin. 37 years ago, I prayed a prayer, minute prayer. Horrible father, terrible husband, bound in alcohol and drugs and hatred and violence. And a simple prayer of the truth made way for the blood. The blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. That whosoever would come could be saved. It's the same with these areas of our soul. Maybe nobody knows, but you know. And hell seems to know. These dark rooms. A prayer of humility. Not blaming, not excusing. But a deep prayer that goes beyond the surface prayers, that goes beyond, I have an image, I have, and, and oh yeah, yeah, and I'm, you know, it's not, and, and it goes down deep inside. God, I'm sorry. Even if you were innocent, you were involved, and the stain, and the pain, and the embarrassment, and the shame, I've seen, the, I've prayed, I can't tell you how many, Thousands of women molested or violated when they were young. Innocent young girl, but now they're tormented and they have difficulty in marriage. Men who had some kind of homosexual encounter, maybe innocent, maybe not even looking, but some kind of act. And it torments and haunts the soul. Things you've seen you were exposed to and you should have never seen. And today, if you'd be honest, you got a dark room and you don't want anyone to get near that room. Not even God Himself. But you see, things come exploding out of that dark room And you can't connect the dots. You pray over the thing. You pray over the jealousy. You pray over the anger. You pray over the... Every time I go get drunk. Every time there's a problem. I go go do something. I I do... You pray over that. But the real problem is back here in the room. Why am I so jealous? It's not natural. It's... I I can't... It torments me, drives me, catches me. Why do I explode? Why do I say those? Why am I so violent? I'm saved. Why am I doing these things? I've had people ask me those questions in honesty. And they pray about the manifestation. But the real issue, something still living back in this room that you need to open up at an altar in privacy. Call out to God, 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 God. I'm not hiding this thing anymore. I expose it to you. The blood of Jesus cleansed my conscience from this dead work that I may serve the living God. I ask you to bow your head with me this morning.